lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network. And I just want to start off by checking in with everybody listening and finding out how y'all are doing because it's been a it's been a week in in the world of pro wrestling. Obviously, probably the largest point of discussion so far this week has been the whole situation surrounding Stallion Rogers, uh, the former Kurt Stallion, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But my guest this week is very, very exciting for me. Someone who I've been wanting to speak to for, for a while now, someone who delivered um, one of the more um, emotionally evocative moments that I've seen in progressing this year. We have the final girl, Ziggy Heim, on the show t- this week. Uh, and and conversation was so fun. Learned so much about Ziggy as well, you know, um, and you're, you'll hear about it as well. Um, and and <laughs> I will say it was nice to have a chance to kind of nerd out with a fellow uh, Twin Peaks fan. Um, especially someone who is so into the the franchise. I guess that's the right word for Twin Peaks at this point, the, the franchise of Twin Peaks. Um, the idea of Twin Peaks, as Ziggy was. Obviously, Ziggy has a big match coming up um, this Friday at Enjoy Wrestling's Night Moves show up there in Pittsburgh. Um, putting her hair on the line against Edith Surreal's mask. So we have a Lucha de Apuestas match coming up, and those are always um, hard-hitting affairs, both physically and mentally and emotionally (laughs) for audiences, um, and the wrestlers alike. So... I don't know. I'm really excited about that show. That Night Moose show just has, it looks like looks stacked so far. I mean, you have Billy Dixon and Effie number three. Shout out to Mesa Media for that uh, awesome My Way video that they put out on Twitter a little while back. That was dope and and honestly very fitting of the rivalry that Effie and Billy Dixon have had. Also shout out to Billy Dixon for that promo. Um, that was ah uh, it. it just got the got the blood rushing through me. Um, also, of course, MB Young defending his championship, his Enjoy Wrestling Championship for the first time against Max the Impaler. So many other outstanding talents. The Runway, Mr. Grimm, Commander Sterling, Feta Scott, um, Derek Dillinger, Willow Nightingale. The, too many to name all. Lee Moriarty and Darius Lockhart. Like, There's just so much going on in that show. And... You know, I'm very happy to have the chance to speak to Ziggy ahead of that show. But before we get to the, my conversation with Ziggy, I do want to touch a little bit on some news of the week. Obviously, as I said at the beginning of the show, the Stallion Rogers situation has been on the minds of a lot of people. Um, for those that don't know, a uh, podcast from June 2020 resurfaced over the weekend on Twitter, uh, where Rogers made transphobic comments and also made comments mocking his accuser from the speaking out movement as well as the speaking out movement kind of in general. Um, Now, 
he has issued an apology on Wednesday, and that kind of just got everything riled up again. Multiple promotions have um, either canceled planned appearances with him or have, um, you know, uh, cut ties isn't necessarily the right word wording, I would say, but there definitely have been companies that have uh, removed Rogers from bookings so far. Um, and, you know, obviously... Obviously, that whole situation really struck a chord with me, um, and I won't lie, like, some of that stuff did affect my mental health a bit, personally, um, whenever I was looking into the the story, but it seems like a lot of those conversations have been reignited or um, had more fuel thrown on them after the release of the apology on Wednesday. Um, and and honestly, like rightly so, like the apology from Rogers, you know, doesn't necessarily provide as much information as I think a lot of people would like to have um, regarding some of the things that that he has uh, said he is trying to do in the wake of all this stuff. You know, I'm always here for people that want to learn and grow from mistakes in in these ways, but. Um, it cannot simply be an apology and then it's settled. And I think a lot of people, myself included, have been looking at the response to the apology from wrestling fans and really noticed that cishet men in pro wrestling, that enjoy pro wrestling um, are very quick to say, all right, you made the apology, we can just wipe our hands of this, you've made good. Meanwhile, the community who's been most affected by his comments, most notably the uh, the trans mask community, um, as well as the trans community as a whole, let's be real, um, a lot of people that I've seen are, are nowhere near that level of um, of being ready to forgive. And move on, and right, rightfully so. Um, and to have so many people from outside of that community, um, especially com- people that are completely outside of any part of the LGBTQ community, kind of talking over these these people, and basically saying that they should feel that they should feel better because he apologized, and that 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 should be enough. Um, you have no standing to do so. You know, and to say that basically reinforces a lot of the the feelings that were brought up by the comments initially. No one is beholden to forgive anyone. No one. And you know, as a, on a case by case basis, some people will, some people won't, some people want more. I know I want more. I've you know tried to communicate with Rogers and tried to, you know, I've reached out for clarification and more information and comment on some other things. Cause he also did not mention any of the comments he made towards the speaking out movement in that apology. Um, very notable absence there, absence there. So I don't know. Um, there's more to this cause now you have Matt Riddle's attorney somehow being involved in this too. I, it's just getting kind of weird. Um, and, I have a feeling that we're not 
going to be hearing the last of this situation, honestly. Um, I will say this. Good on him for committing to donate a percentage of his uh, earnings from bookings for the rest of the year towards um, a trans charity. But let's be real. There are a lot of questions around how much that will actually amount to based off of one, not sharing what percentage of those earnings you're going to be uh, donating. And two, looking at the amount of companies that either have confirmed that that they have canceled appearances for him or the ones that are there are report reports kind of swirling around that they have canceled appearances with him. So I don't know. There's still a lot to be desired and and and. Um, explained from this whole situation. I don't know if it's all going to be, but, you know, we just have to keep pushing because these sort of things don't belong in pro wrestling. Case in point, some of the good stuff that came out from from the past week or so of pro wrestling. Obviously, we have the Enjoy Show coming up, Pro Wrestling After Dark. We had Theo Ivory on the podcast a couple weeks back, and he, along with a number of other uh, talents were over at Pro Wrestling After Dark's Taste the Rainbow show. Um, and we have a new Pro Wrestling After Dark Pride champion in Sunny Kiss, which is an amazing thing to see. That belt, I do like the look of the belt. Um, and you know, Sunny is a perfect person to be the inaugural champion there. And also, um, something I was kind of surprised to see, I didn't really know this, but apparently... Um, Vince Saris, uh, or Cerberus, as you might know him better if you've been watching um, Pro Wrestling After Dark or um, Standalone Wrestling, um, mentioned that, you know, the Taste the Rainbow show might have been one of the last times that he's in a ring. And I did not realize that he um, was kind of uh, contemplating retirement or some kind of hiatus in some way. Um, so if if that is the case, like uh, you know, Cerberus has been fun for me to kind of get into recently, and there I'm sure there's more to get into um, from the backlog there. But you know, if if that was one of his last times, and he is kind of winding things down, then um, thank you to Cerberus for for what you um, not only like putting your body on the line in the ring the way that you do, but also being as out and upfront and proud about who you are and being part of this community's push for visibility in pro wrestling. Um, Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, With that all said, I think it's uh, a perfect time to jump into my conversation with Ziggy Hyam. All right, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. And I am super excited to have as my guest this week someone who has been killing it in multiple promotions across uh, the Rust Belt. I don't know exactly how to refer to the region. Midwest Rust Belt. I don't know. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere East where there's Coast. awesome pro wrestling happening. Honestly, because yeah, she's been in. A star in AIW, she's popped up on on multiple Polyam cult party shows. Of course, she's also the true grand champion of Rise Wrestling in Pittsburgh, and she will be stepping into the ring this coming Friday at Enjoy Wrestling's Night Moves, putting her hair on the line against Edith Surreal's mask. Uh, Please welcome the final girl, Ziggy Haim, to the show. How are you doing? 
Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that I could talk with you. Oh, I am. I am too. I, I've been excited to get the chance to speak with you because you're someone who, watching you in the ring over the past year to two years or so, it seems like you have really kind of come into your own in a lot of ways. And a lot of the places that you're working with are starting to notice that, as well as yes. other places too, because you popped up in GCW. You popped up in. Um, Oh God, what was the other one? That was, I, I had a whole list in my head and now it's just ran out of my brain because here and there. I've done some <laughs> cool things and it's like very, uh, I'm very happy when people talk about noticing my uh, like evolution thus far and like all the people that have seen me start as something that I really was unsure of and really being able to like watch on a public level my own growth is really cool and I'm very happy to be at a point where I am getting like the to hone my craft and people are noticing like what I'm doing no I mean it, it's it's been amazing to watch this, this continued growth for yourself I think that's a good place to start actually because you do speak a lot um online and in other places as well even in some of your your promos here and there about the this evolutionary process that you found you know starting from the jinx character that you portrayed earlier on in your career and kind of transitioning into not just ziggy hyam but different versions of ziggy hyam that has really resonated with a lot of people like obviously like the, the character now in some ways is much more um I don't know if chaotic is the right word, but there's like a certain like chaos there. Yeah, no, I think chaotic is a very good word to describe <laughs> the sort of like iteration that I am with myself right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, it's very interesting. And I feel very fortunate to have like the character and the ability, the somehow natural ability to get across to people, like the evolutions that I'm trying to make. I've always loved like, I'm, I got into wrestling for character building. I got into wrestling because I loved uh, original ECW and the character building in ECW. And uh, it's really like mind boggling for me to be able to uh, sort of have that same grasp that I fell in love with of just being able to kind of build and build and build and become different versions of myself. Mm. was ECW kind of like that that formidable stage of pro wrestling for you in a way like that is that what kind of got you drawn into into yeah business? um I have like a very weird like wrestling love origin story because uh I'm 25 I was in I was homeschooled through like middle and high school in the period of time when um YouTube was just kind of like the wild west lawless land and no one really cared about copyright infringement so basically you can get any wrestling at all times on just YouTube and I was an agoraphobic homeschooled girl so I I don't even really know how it I'm sure just came up in my recommended to watch like like a recent like smackdown or something like that and then from there I just sort of fell down the rabbit hole and ECW was the first one that I was like I'm in love with this and I'm in love with these characters and the way that they're making me feel mm -hmm. was there anybody from 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 ECW that stood out to you above all above others that really kind of like 
pulled you in more so? My answer for that is so strange because I, my two, the two ones that come to mind when I think of like people that really drew me in is um, Raven, which isn't a very like strange one, and uh, Beulah McGillicuddy. Now, see, you I, say you say strange, but I feel like Beulah actually would come up more often in conversation. At least that's my own perception, at least, because I, I don't know. I think, same with Francine. I loved Francine. I mm -hmm. like watching ECW was the first time that I was like, I like it sounds fucked because they were doing terrible things, like things that are like not PC or should happen to anyone's body. But I was like, these women are absolute badasses. And I want to be seen as a badass like Beulah and Francine. And that was, uh, yeah, I love Beulah. I love Francine. I think that of course, like they very like sexualized the women in that time. It was the early 90s, all of that stuff. Like it was gross, but also like even having to deal with the fact that they were sexualized, those women still took it and ran with it. Like they still made themselves absolute badasses, even with the cards that they were dealt. And I fell in love with that. <laughs> no i mean you, you're spot on like obviously there's a lot from that era of pro wrestling that rings problematic um even right. at the time it did uh, but um there's still a lot of stuff to, to kind of glean from that I, and you bring up beulah the first thing that pops in my head is the match with with alfonso yeah and, and like i and now think, sorry go ahead i am in a feud with bill alfonso <laughs> <laughs> okay you have to tell me more about this please and like I actually had the realization the other night I was like when I thought that I could be like this is so emotional like goddamn I didn't mean to get like this like deep into my soul but like when I was literally afraid to leave my house I would sit up at night and watch videos like Beulah versus Fonzie watch like these people like that I was like I want to be Beulah and then I was like driving home from that show, like the last AIW show where I like sabooed the fuck out of the chair at Fonzie and he bled. And I was like, fuck, I'm Beula. Like I'm becoming what I wanted. And that's such a cool feeling. God, I can, that's wild, the full circle there in, in a way, like very yeah. rarely, I feel like even people that, that, and this is just from an outsider's perspective, obviously, but looking at people who get into pro wrestling that have these people that draw them in, that, that pull them towards wanting to do this themselves, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of instances where those people are able to kind of have that full circle moment where they actually in some way embody the I'm people. so fortunate, like yeah. right now. I feel so fortunate for that. And it was like something that like hit me like a truck. I was like, whoa, that is like, that did come full circle. But uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. No, I'm super happy that, for, for you to have that, that, uh, that moment. It's awesome to see. And I hope that I get to keep uh, growing with my ongoing blood feud that <laughs> the production has with, Justice and Fonzie, and maybe I get to be the real next Beulah and have a singles match with Fonzie. There you I go. 
that's my next tier dream. I mean, if there's any company that's going to do it, it's AIW. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> AIW. I love them. They're crazy. How did that relationship kind of start off with, with you and AIW initially? I did um, their talent initiative. Okay. Um, I'd, I live in Pittsburgh, so Cleveland is like two hours from me. And in pro wrestler times, that's literally nothing. I did that all the time. Um, so I would go up there sometimes and that was really, I was like, fuck, I want to be part of this show. Like this show's so crazy. This show's so like very shades of ECW. And then I ended up doing, I've always, uh, Derek and I have been cool for a really long time. He's been someone that's helped me for a really long time. And um, I ended up really finding my niche after that. And I kind of like debuted very randomly in the production, but, uh, because I debuted on a pre-show um, and it was the last show that AIW had before COVID. Mm. But um, we were able to keep building on that anyway and do a lot of like uh, social media grabbing. And I think that that really latched me in and being part of the production. And it's definitely helped form my character in what I think is a better new evolution of Ziggy. <laughs> it definitely seems like a lot of like what we've seen from you really did kind of like germinate from the your AIW appearances um and then yes. working and continuing to work through there and it's translated to so many other places talk to me a little bit about Jinx and where the, you know obviously that's your your beginnings in in pro wrestling yes. talk to me a little bit about the how Jinx kind of came together for you and what ultimately kind of pushed you to move away from from jinx i always think it's so funny now because i get to like like see these people that it's like they knew me as jinx and like especially like wrestlers and stuff that will still like sometimes call me jinx which like i don't care but that's how they first met me and then these people that never knew me as jinx and knew me as ziggy the whole time like it's very funny to now be able to see that cross uh, because I guess it has been a long while since I've been her. But um, Jinx, I'm very glad that I got to be and I got to have like that name sort of like learn to hone my craft before I was able to fully dedicate myself to like, oh, this is the path I want to go on. I really wanted to have um, a first and last name. I wanted um, to have something that uh, sort of, represented uh being Jewish in a way I wanted a sort of like Jewish derived name and also I really love David Bowie so that's how Ziggy Hine was born <laughs> I mean it's, it's a I mean it, it's a logical path I would say like if you, right. you're mixing all those things together Ziggy Hine is perfect for for getting both right. of those things across um how do you was there any point like whenever you were portraying Jinx that in terms of like the character itself where you felt like, okay, this isn't necessarily who I want to be in pro wrestling in a way, yes. like obviously the name changes is, is a, a very like symbolic thing when it comes to that. But right. in terms of the actual character, like what kind of pushed you to like want to explore these different sides of yourself outside of just what Jinx presented um I felt like um like I said it was 
fantastic and great as a stepping stone for me. But it's sort of like the more that I became very like, uh, like for the people type person and uh, became more of a presence, I started to feel a little bit inauthentic, I guess, mm. um, in a way, especially with just like one name, one that's very hard vanity search like from a very like selfish standpoint, <laughs> Jinx is very hard to vanity search, but uh, that's also very important in social media days. But um, yeah, it just sort of started to feel like an inauthentic version of me. And I felt like if I had a full name change and like when I changed my name, it was more wanting to do that rather than having much of an idea where I was going with it. Um, but I knew that that would be definitely a very symbolic change that made me more of an authentic person mm -hmm. because I have a first and last name. I'm going through this whole process um, publicly and uh, it worked out great. It was a lot less scary than I thought it would be. <laughs> <laughs> and at what point, like once you become Ziggy, at what point do you start to feel that that authenticity for yourself or do you start to notice that like oh there's more I can do with who I am as Ziggy Haim as opposed to just being like what Jinx was but with a different name it's hard to say sometimes like I feel like if I really it was all about just becoming more comfortable like whether it was with the name Ziggy Haim or not it I started to grow and become more comfortable in my own skin. And uh, I think that's really mostly what it was about is uh, I said recently in an interview about how I really don't think that I would be able to handle the opportunities that I've been given now in my career back then when I was Jinx. Um, and that's really just me becoming more comfortable with what I'm doing. And like, it doesn't really like come with any rhyme or reason. It's really just like wrestling is so much like trial and error, especially for me. So it's sort of just, uh, yeah, it just sort of became. And I don't think that it'll ever end because of the way that the world is. Uh, you always need to keep evolving. But I think I'm definitely becoming more comfortable with being able to roll with the punches. Did some of that like kind of growing to this level of comfort that you have now kind of relate back to some of the things that you dealt with like growing up like you, you mentioned the agoraphobia that, that you went through like does that did that kind of like help alleviate some of that stuff or does that play into kind of this process of coming to a level of comfort in, a in wrestling? Both, I think. yeah um I think that the fact that it is where I came from and I am very open with someone that uh, as someone that has had anxiety and has um, had a rough go of it. But um, I, I think that it's really made me who I am and being able to embrace that rather than being afraid to share that part of me definitely helped me grow. Mm. You know, that's something that I've seen like pop up a lot with with people um honestly like just recently like la last our last episode we had austin Connolly on and and he mm -hmm. spoke a lot about you know finding ways of like 
confronting and and in a way owning mental health issues like yeah. through pro wrestling in a way is that something austin similarly that, great at that yeah Dude, austin conley made such a great transition like to like such a drastic one to like not to i don't even think austin conley knows i geek over him but like no <laughs> i think that the transition that he did between being like this like handsome like sexual like very inauthentic character to just one day being like fuck this i'm owning what i want to be was awesome yeah it's an important transition to have and i think it's something that uh newer wrestlers have to realize doesn't come like quickly to all people it like takes time and you really just have to like get into the groove of what you feel comfortable as and yeah I don't know it definitely takes time (laughs) it it definitely does seem like a process and you know in a way like through through these like transitions in in characters and being able to kind of have that that ownership of yourself it it kind of lends to the growing conversation that we've seen within pro wrestling focused on you know mental health stuff and and addressing mental health issues for people and you know putting those things to the forefront in a way what has it been like for you to kind of see those conversations kind of pop up at the same time that you're kind of like evolving yourself in a way in and not necessarily like directly like it you're not it's not necessarily directing directly addressing those things for your for yourself through the the character in the same way as someone like Connolly, but it's definitely there in, in a way. Right. No, I think that it's incredible. It's incredible to see happen around me. And I think it's made not just like me, but a lot of other people feel more comfortable with honing that in and kind of using uh their character and who they are in the ring as a therapy and be more open about it being a therapeutic process. And I think that that's awesome because wrestling used to be so much of a, you had to be stone-faced, buff, jacked, cis white man, um, like that's it. And I think that that vulnerability that we can all have now, especially in the day and age of social media is uh, fantastic. Mm. speaking of vulnerability i think that's a perfect segue into talking about your work with the polyam cult party um Mm -hmm. stuff because like you've been on i i correct me if i'm wrong but you've been on every show that that mb has done i have yes yes because i remember yeah because you faced you had that banger with lee moriarty on the first one that i yeah i really that was the first match i had back after covid and i've never been more scared and it was the only match (laughs) I've ever wrestled without makeup on because I was so hot. I didn't even want to put it on my face. But anyway. <laughs> no, you're fine. That was one of the first matches of yours that 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 I like that st- that stands out in my brain too. So like I that's one of those that just just right. lives in my brain. Um that yes. and then of course the Andrew Palace match where you got shoved into a bunch of uh pansexually painted tires, which was I don't a lot think of a lot of people realize uh Andrew Palace was my trainer. <laughs> he uh trained me uh so getting to wrestle him was super important to me too and I loved that match I actually think that's one of my like 
unsung hero matches. I think that like I love that match it was so fun. Why why was it important to you to be able to step into the ring with with Palace at that time? Um, like I think a lot of people uh, have like he was my trainer. He was the first person that I looked to. Him and Chris LaRusso, who I also got to wrestle, which was also so important to me. Um, I think it's really important to like just be able to show up and show out um, against the person that taught you everything. And uh, it was even better that it ended up being a really fun and awesome match, mm-hmm. despite me getting uh, kicked in those nasty ass tires. <laughs> I, I did feel a little bad because I'm like, I've gotten stuck in a, in a tire before. That's it was, just they gnarly. Were with, like gross water too. Yeah, it's always gross water in those like, things. I'm not, I don't regret it. I think it was fun. And it was, I love that for the next one, I was in the po- on the poster cartoon me coming out of the tires. I thought that was very <laughs> symbolic of my journey. Like a phoenix rising from the ashes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, there's no better way to put it, honestly. Like if, the, that's, if that, that's, that's exactly the way that it needs to be, especially considering that on the third show, like the third show, like obviously the fourth, the fourth one, you had that match with Effie that was really, that was outstanding as well. Thank but you. the third show, I think, stands out in a lot of people's minds especially when thinking about you because of the story that was told there and honestly all the different like elements coming together even to the point where it's you're wrestling in a downpour for the rise grand championship and it just created a mood in a way talk to me a little bit about about that day where it kind of felt like at least from 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 a viewer standpoint, it really felt like uh, an emotional climax in a way for it for you. Was it was like literally one of the most important and influential things that's ever happened to me in my life. Hmm. Um, like also the fact that MV and everyone trusted me enough to have that ongoing storyline through that whole entire show. And the fact that um, MV believed in me and David Lawless enough to go out and put on a banger in the pouring rain. Um, Yeah, that was an amazing, uh, very much like climax for me, especially as someone from Pittsburgh that has in the past felt, I think we all sometimes feel a little like the ugly duckling of our city. like it's hard to make your big come up in your hometown without being a hometown hero but um it winning it in the backyard of a house in the city I grew up in for a place that I've worked so hard for I think I'm I'm definitely the first female a uh, top champion of a company in Pittsburgh. I don't think all of Pennsylvania, but especially in that area, definitely. Mm. So that also was just like, it was a very calm, big combination of moments for me. And I think that's also helped me grow into the evolution that I'm on now because it gave me that level of like, wow, I can really go the distance. 
Mm. So I, talk to me a little bit about, about that day, because obviously you had the, the match with Janai Kai to, to open the show, to set mm-hmm. up for the, the main event against Lawless for the Rise Grand Championship. Um, did you know that, well, I, I mean, when did you find out that you were going to be winning the title that, that day? Um, I found out, I think, either the day before or a couple days before. Mm. Um, yeah, I didn't really know uh, for that long. I didn't have a long time to prepare. I don't think many people think about or realize um, how long that show was. And it was um, a marathon. <laughs> the fact that I had the very first match and the very last match was a lot more terrifying than I expected it to be. I was like, oh, I'll have downtime in between. I'll relax. I'll have fun. No, my body was like, oh, dear God, for like 12 hours straight. <laughs> so um, it was very nerve wracking, but I think that made the end worth it. <laughs> now, obviously, the, the, the moment that we all saw in front of the camera at the end, there was a lot of emotion from you. But beforehand knowing your history with rise and and you know you've worked with that company for so long and it's one of the the prominent names in pittsburgh when it comes to mm-hmm. pro wrestling it has been for a number of years so many other people you know local to the city have come through there people like lee moriarty and and mv that you know speak to pittsburgh the same way that you do um what was it like for you before the cameras even turned on, whenever you found out that this company that is synonymous with Pittsburgh, that is synonymous with your hometown, wants to elevate you to this place? Um, very, it's wild. It's hard to wrap your head around and like it takes some time. Um, I think at the moment, I didn't think much of it, but the longer it set in, the more that it like really meant to me because that is such a huge honor and um yeah it definitely it took its time to set in because it is such like a huge accomplishment <laughs> no and then of course like the match there in in the ring with david lawless um you and you come out on top and i have to say probably one of the more evocative like post-match reactions to to winning something like that like just the the tears start flowing for you the entire crowd there like can feel it i think a lot of people watching at home could feel it i felt it um what talk to me a little bit about that that post-match moment for you that's like such an unforgettable thing to me like i don't think that many things in my life will ever top that moment um it's like even in the rain, like the rain somehow made it even better. But like, like it felt so cinematic. It was so surreal. And like I said, it was just kind of my body was just like, I was so overwhelmed. And I've never had the experience of my body just being like, you're gonna cry now. <laughs> and uh like then it just sort of all hit me at once that I was like, I I was the royalty of Pittsburgh at that moment and nothing can ever take that away from me. And that's something that has absolutely kept me on the up and up. Mm. It really feels like a moment that you just don't really ever come down from in a no. way. No, yeah. like, yeah, 
it's very wild it's also like it's so hard when it's yourself especially like me I'm hard to just it's hard for me to like take that step back and realize like how big that was for me like it's very hard to like look at yourself from that third person in those huge moments like that but yeah absolutely what what kind of creates that that difficulty for you if you don't mind me asking um I don't know like I'm naturally just very hard on myself and all of like my work and I think that especially like coming up in wrestling from that moment like I did like the backwoods nowhere West Virginia I did the middle of nowhere Ohio I did so much like I went through so much bullshit that I never thought that like I never thought that I could have a moment like that to myself like it's very hard to watch other people have moments like that like they're get not a lot of people in wrestling get to have their Daniel Bryan yes moment and I did, which is wild. <laughs> no, it was it was an amazing one to watch, honestly, for, for myself. I know I just keep like throwing more and more praise on it, but it's just one no. of those it's just one of those images that just sticks in, in your mind. And it makes me really happy that I having it means a lot that having being able to show that vulnerable emotion makes other people emotional for me. Like that's that's a very big thing for me too. And that, like you said, that's a high you can't come down from. Mm. No, I mean, it definitely kind of elevated you to this, this place of like the heart of Pittsburgh in a way, like even at like the shows that Rise have done, has done post that, you know, was, mm -hmm. and it just feels like there's such a, there's such a different presence from you on those shows as well. Like almost like, there's yeah. a, a different level of confidence after that moment yeah. going into these rise shows. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. I can, yeah, I can agree with that. I think I do go into it feeling a little bit more short of myself. All right, Yens. Thank you so much for tuning into LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at Quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah in the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show 
the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I co-host that with uh, Twitch streamers Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. And of course, can't talk about Pittsburgh without talking about Enjoy Wrestling, the the Absolutely. young upstart. <laughs> up they're there. doing amazing things. They've done some of the best things I've seen in pro wrestling in general. No, they've been hitting on all cylinders since launching earlier this year. Um, and you've been a part of it since day one, obviously, like debuting in their Enjoy Cup tournament. Uh, starting your fun little issue with Edith Surreal that is going to be culminating yeah. on Friday with a hair versus mask match. Um, yep. I have to, I have to ask first off before we get into anything like with what's gone on with Enjoy so far. I have to ask about this match particularly because like obviously hair versus mask, hair versus hair. These sort of matches are ubiquitous with with pro wrestling. Obviously, um, yeah. talk to me a little bit about kind of having being part of one of these because like because someone coming out of this match is going to have a drastic difference in, yeah. <laughs> in a way um, yeah it's wild to be a part of a match that literally will change the course of either of our careers mm -hmm. what is there any trepidation on your part in putting your your hair on the lines of this match oh absolutely uh it's big part of my identity versus a big part of her identity and that's what I wanted um I want it to end in the most drastic thing you could possibly do for someone and yeah that's what it's going to be uh people that are listening can't necessarily see us, us chatting but Ziggy got one of the more devilish looking smiles that I've seen for a while when talking about like the, the, <laughs> the drasticness of it. Like yes. uh, it's what you want to see though. Like it, it, it shows the passion that's there and, and um, speaks to what this match is going to represent. And I think that putting it as, you know, cause you're right. Edith's mask and, and your hair both are like core elements, not just of presentation, but also like, personal significance and yes. that's what lends into the the drama of this one a lot there's no bigger disrespect than taking a pro wrestler's hair or a pro wrestler's mask and that's what's going to happen either <laughs> way one of us take me back to the beginning of of your relationship with enjoy were were you um well, first off, let's let's start with hearing about Enjoy. Whenever Enjoy was first like had rumblings going around and was starting up before they even were running shows, you know, they were popping up at some of the Polyam Cult party shows. Um, I know they, yeah. they did. They were doing some bartending for a little yes. bit there. Um, they, uh, my dog helped them bartend at the first one. In oh, Pittsburgh. that's yeah. a very you have a very talented dog. He's a very talented bartender, especially with the <laughs> neurological issue. <laughs> 
Talk to me a little bit about whenever you first heard about Enjoy kind of popping up and adding to this Pittsburgh wrestling scene that's started that was starting to kind of have a resurgence. Yeah, I mean, even like before I knew or even thought I would be a part of it, I thought that that was amazing to have a new um, face for wrestling in Pittsburgh because I think it's a great area for it, uh, like geographically wise and also like in terms of the quality of pro wrestlers that have come out of Pittsburgh that haven't really gotten their chance to shine in other ways. And I think it's been really successful at doing that as well in a good mix of bringing in fantastic talent and putting together great matchups and also highlighting people from the area that might not uh, have been seen in other ways. And not to mention that the production of it is absolutely beautiful. So of course it turns people in. Of course, when you see it, you are immediately interested. And it's just so cool to be a part of something that looks like, I feel like I am a superstar when I look at the product that I'm in with Enjoy. And they're so talented with that. And they're such, they're such cool people. So it's, fantastic to be a part of that locker room yeah i've had a chance to speak with kurt briefly and just like from the brief conversation yeah yeah, just the brief conversation i have with him like you can tell like there's a lot of passion there and and they're just rad people um to kind of be at the helm of this sort of thing what was it like for you whenever they did reach out and and let you know that they wanted you to be part of enjoy from the ground floor It was so exciting. I was uh, so stoked to be able to be a part of it because also like not only representing this company that looked so cool, uh, but being able to be a like base level, like their very first round people and also being from Pittsburgh. No, I mean, it definitely kind of centers you along with so many other of the Pittsburgh talents that are that are there as being these, um, like you said earlier, like a hometown hometown hero in a sorts, even though like right. on the on the show, you right. definitely Still more than that. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> on the yeah. show, like you are definitely more of a villain. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Understood. yeah, I get that. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, it's just it's it's what you love to see out of pro wrestling because it it you clearly are ha- from from what I can tell it looks like you're having a lot of fun with this with this character there yeah. and honestly even even though it it is more on the heel side it still feels very authentic to Ziggy Heim as as a character too. I love nothing more than being just an unhinged version of Ziggy Heim. And I love that I get to do it more and more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's really interesting to kind of see that even just in Pittsburgh itself, like when you compare like Rise and, and your presence in Rise and your presence in Enjoy to see the, the spectrum that, that you're able to do with this character which going back to like look at jinx per se i don't know if that same range would have been there. absolutely not yeah yeah 
So talk to me a little bit about, about Friday night, because obviously this match, we already said it's going to be big, important, all that good stuff. But this match, I think it's garnering a lot of attention, obviously, on a card that has a lot of attention grabbers. I mean, you have Billy and Effie with their third clash finally Mm -hmm. happening. You have phenoms. Yes. Oh, my God. And then you have, you know, MV in his first title defense against Max the Impaler, Mm -hmm. which is going to be a wild one. Like so many other like. My tag team partner, my other half, Derek Dillinger, gets to wrestle wrestle Willow Nightingale, which I promise everyone is going to be a show stealer. (laughs) I'm looking forward to that one as well. Um, But this one, I feel like, carries a different weight, obviously with the stipulation, but also just it really feels like you and Edith have been like the original feud for enjoy in a way like obviously you know yeah yeah yeah. like you have this stuff with 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 sterling and 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 their crew kind of um coming in as well but ziggy and edith just feels like uh a feud that has been brewing since the very beginning and it feels like it's almost another culmination moment coming yeah, <laughs> and that's what it's going to be. Absolutely. It's going to be uh, the biggest blow off you could possibly imagine because there's so much on the line. <laughs> um, and looking at and just looking up and down the card, you see such a diverse representation of, of different communities on this enjoy. Yeah, card. And it's I something. It. Yeah, it's amazing. It's something that enjoy really has been doing since the very beginning how important is it for you to see a company a new company like enjoy coming in from the get-go and speaking to this um i don't know i won't say recent because it's more than a couple of years old at this point but this push in having equitable representation for communities that have been you know maligned by pro wrestling historically it's incredible and I think that it shows how important this step is because of how serious they're taking it and how they're truly just showing that every pro wrestling is something that is not just a cisgendered white male based thing there's so many others that have so much talent and um, them helping build on that. And they, they're they absolutely like the most inclusive, the most comfortable, safe place you could ever imagine being. They give us bath bombs in the back and they provide Narcan for us uh, just in case something were to happen. And those two, like, that's insane. Like the thought that it, that's a wrestling promotion. Even me, I'm almost five years in the business. That's unheard of in my first two years. The fact that we have people that actually show genuine care and passion for the wrestlers. And I think it really shows in the product that we have genuine care for them in return. That was something else that I noticed too whenever Enjoy started running shows was because, you know, obviously there were the images of like the craft service table and like all the the snacks and them providing like, you know, 
tampons and stuff for for female wrestlers as well there yeah, and they like, do that too yeah yeah mints like oh they they hook us up it's amazing <laughs> it's they just, gave me they gave everyone uh their own specific rundown sheet which is not something that's heard of at all like genuinely i think the love and care they put into their roster really shows in return mm-hmm no, it, it definitely does. And it's just I it makes me hope that more promotions take notice <laughs> in too. a way. I think that it is yeah. It's something that will hopefully make people take notice because it's doing just incredible things. <laughs> well, before we move off of night moves, I, I had one more question about the match itself. Like obviously you want this to to garner reaction and garner emotion but for you personally what do you hope is kind of like the lasting image of this uh hair versus mask match against Heath this surreal coming up i hope that and i've always said i never guarantee that i'll win one of my matches but i guarantee that i will go down swinging hard as fuck um but I just want the match itself to come out as impactful. I want it to be a milestone in independent wrestling. And I know that it has all of the, the means to be that. Hmm. It definitely has all the, all the parts there and just ready for somebody to just put the, put the whole thing together and i think yes. you know edith is supremely talented i think y'all's dynamic together uh, it works so well you know right. and i'm i'm personally excited to see it whenever it, it does drop on on youtube following because yeah i wish i could be there in person but like that so god it's such a good card um well as we start to wind down a little bit i like to kind of end things with with uh a fun a fun bit and cool. One thing that we have in common that I've really enjoyed watching since um, your <laughs> since you debuted your awesome uh, gear made by Daryl Peril. Yeah. Shout out to to Val, my angel. Yes. Shout out to Val. Um, is your love of Twin Peaks and just kind of horror in in general in a way? Yes. Um, because I am I'm an avid Twin Peaks fan as well. I'm an avid horror fan as well, and it's just been interesting to see that sort of pop up as not just like part of like yourself, but also it's, I'll be, I'll be frank. It's kind of opened up as a conversation starter in a way with me where like, Hey, look yeah. at like this, this pro wrestler is like super into twin peaks. Like, I know you're not into pro wrestling, but I know you're into twin peaks. Like, yeah, uh. I, I love sharing the shit that, fuels me and the things that I love and that kind of inspire me as a wrestler because like you said it's also that conversation starter it might not bring in someone that's like ready to see me go like beat the shit out of a man but it might be someone that's like oh here's this cool chick that likes to tweet about Twin Peaks and is funny sometimes like I get it (laughs) I like to have those avenues of just like being a pro wrestler but being realistic but also yes i absolutely adore twin peaks i love twin peaks i love horror but 
I'm the Twin Peaks. <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about like kind of like where that love for Twin Peaks kind of germinated for you. Like I, it seems so like randomly. Really? Okay, please, so please randomly. tell me. <laughs> I just started binge watching it and the first episode I was like I remember starting it and I was like what the okay sure whatever it was just something put on like oh we were told that we should watch this uh and then the longer I went into it I was like oh my fucking god I love Twin Peaks and then I was like oh my fucking god I love Twin Peaks and then it just kind of became like a weird obsession and love of mine um, because there's just so many zillions of rabbit holes you can go down with it. And that's what I live for. No, it is a it is a show built for like exploring fan theory, like delving way too far into one specific thing. Like it's just, you know, in, in a good way. Uh, it's, Did you love season three? I enjoyed season three for Better what it was. It. I like that it didn't feel the same as the first two seasons. Right, absolutely. Because it definitely needed to have a, not a full tonal shift, but a drastic one still. Because it's been, it had been so long. Yeah. Like, can't do this. But, oh, I love season three. <laughs> I love it. But mainly, like you said, I love it for what it was because you have to realize that it is absolutely psycho. Like you yes. have to go into it realizing that it is psychotic and there are so many things that it's just like, because David Lynch. Basically. Like, <laughs> like when pe if you go into it, watch it and someone's like, why did this happen? Because David Lynch. There's, <laughs> but I love it. I love it. It holds a special place in my heart. No, I, I really liked it uh, in so much. I mean, it's one of those things. It's hard to compare the two. And I also love the fact that Lynch basically called his own shot in the original show, like coming back 25 years after like having it in the show back in the 90s. So I'll see you in 25 years. It's very, he very knew. like, oh, it's so Lynchy. And I love that. I'm that person that will sit there and watch the three minute sweeping scene. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I will. And the 45 minute long uh, Nine Inch Nails music video. God. Um, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I do have to ask because I think for, for fans of the show, I don't think this is as divisive as it is for people who have not the same level of investment, but have an interest in the show, Firewalk right. With Me. I know, like, yes. before we got recording, um, you showed me your prized possession, your, yes. your Japanese Firewalk With Me poster, which uh, I'm fucking Chester. jealous right now. But I think um, you put it on Amazon or eBay. Okay. I'll have to do some Googling after we it. wrap up here. But Absolutely. Um, obviously, Firewalk With Me, divisive film. Uh, among mm -hmm. some people um i would imagine since you have the poster on the wall you maybe fall into the pro category on, on firewalk with me but what, what are it's your feelings weird. on the film like i have a poster but mainly because like i do love the artwork it is i i enjoy firewalk with me i do but it's probably my least favorite of the whole twin peak cinematic universe mm. any particular reason um 
Not really. I mean, I haven't watched it in a long time. Is it still on Netflix? I think it's on HBO Max now. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, now that we're talking about it, I might just go back and watch Fire Walk with me today because, yeah, I think it's something that it just wasn't as impactful to me and didn't like give me that whole like head rush brain in the universe moment that every other uh, Twin Peaks thing had given me so far. Um, but I do like it. I do really like Firewalk with me because I really like Laura Palmer. And I know that she's very like, a lot of people are like, yo, Laura was a bitch. But I think that uh, it brought me into a lot more of loving Laura Palmer. Mm. No, I mean, she's definitely a, a dynamic character in that way. And, and honestly, she, I feel like- as some would say, problematic. Oh, definitely problematic. But there's also a lot of heart to that character too, especially oh, in Firewalk with me. Yeah, I, you know. Yes, I love- yeah she became a lot more of like I don't want to say anti-hero but gave that sort of like dynamic where she you couldn't deny that she was doing bad things with her life but you kind of sort of empathized with her in it yeah and I think one thing that always kind of stood out to me especially from the movie is that like she's doing these things in her own life but but she knows that how destructive they are that she is preventing other people around her that want to follow those right. things from going down the same path so it's like this I think it shows that she has a good heart rather yeah. than i think if you weren't to watch fire walk with me i can totally understand why you're just like yo she's a bitch <laughs> it's like yo what's wrong with this psycho woman <laughs> Like anything David Lynch does, it is a big, complicated mess of whatever makes us human beings. I, it's just, I know this is now just a, a Twin Peaks podcast, but what are your feelings on Audrey Horn? Audrey, especially after season three, and I know yes. it's, it's kind of a bit of, Audrey's just portrayed so much differently in season three as compared to the first two seasons, but I kind of have landed on Audrey as being a, a sympathetic character, personally. I, yeah, I see her as like a product of her environment. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I think Audrey maybe definitely, it's David Lynch. He knew she was going to be a good guy all along. But I don't <laughs> think that we were initially, especially in like the first season, supposed to like see Audrey Horn as like the good guy. Uh, I mean, again, she's probably put in that kind of like anti-hero category, but literally no one in Twin Peaks is like a, other than, other than Cooper and Truman, no one in Good Peaks, in Twin Peaks is just like a purely wholesome soul. (laughs) No, that is very, very spot on. (laughs) Like there's no one else that's just like, this is a purely good person. (laughs) Which I think makes for such a, a a great dynamic whenever you look at season three, because like, you know, for so much of that season, Cooper is still, you know, obviously like you have the the possession there by Bob and you also have the, um, I can't remember the term that they use for the, uh, like the, the effect of like the clone or whatever. The Tulpa? Tulpa, there we go. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. And like, it's, it's 
first off, outstanding acting job by Kyle McLaughlin to pull off all three of those versions of, of oh the character. My but there is no better actor than the universe than him pulling off like Dougie Jones. Oh. Um, he pulled off Dougie. He pulled off Cooper Cooper, and he pulled <laughs> off Bad Cooper. Yeah, like holy shit, that's wild. <laughs> And pulling off Cooper in the middle of like a universe where you just see the, a man's head fly by saying the blue rose. Like, what? <laughs> How do you believe these? <laughs> it's just, it takes a special talent. I've, it takes a special talent. I don't know if you follow him on Instagram, but you should. It's a really just wholesome thing. I, I will have to do that. I don't currently right now. I'm, I'm, I need to get better about being on Instagram, honestly. I'm, I'm never terrible on Instagram, on Instagram. <laughs> but I do like to go look at Kyle McLaughlin's feed whenever I want to smile. It's like David Lynch doing the weather. Ah, uh, yes. It's so it good. It just makes me happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just oh, sorry, glad go ahead. that he's having a good time. <laughs> Do you think they're going to do a, because they've been hinting at new installments of like Twin Peaks. Do you think that they're going to, that's going to be a thing that happens? I will never doubt David Lynch to do something that he wants to do. Right. Because like he clearly has shown that, you know, he gives no fucks and will Oh yeah, he doesn't care anymore. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I'm, I might not be like holding my breath per se, but right. if I got a if, like if an article popped up saying like there's a there's a it season four or a new movie, sorry, I would shit myself in excitement, <laughs> but it wouldn't surprise me. Exactly. Yes, it's like okay, where's this? Just tell me when it's debuting. That's all I need yes. to know. Like I don't need to know anything I, else about what you're trying to do. I genuinely, I do feel like in a lot of ways. Uh, the third season of Twin Peaks was meant to, like, I think he wanted it to be his magnum opus. I think he wanted that to be, like, the big culmination of everything David Lynch has ever, like, been. But I also, as a pro wrestler, understand the feeling of, oh, we're done. Just kidding. I'm not done. Uh, (laughs) Like, it's the Terry Funk effect. Exactly. You you land on a place of some somewhat finality, but there's always a way. There's always right. a way to come back to it. Exactly. So yes. it would not surprise me at all. <laughs> no, same here. I and I, I would be all for it. Um, right. I have to ask though. Um, outside of Twin Peaks, what mm-hmm. would you say is your favorite uh, David Lynch? product or 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 piece of artwork oh so i feel bad calling his films product because they're not like they're they're, they're not no oh. um i really enjoyed his nine inch nails music videos i mm. they're like gross and disgusting and like i'm also a slut for like young trent Reznor, so i understand that i'm biased um I had for a while a DVD set of like his like Japanese releases, like short films, mm. which like, again, not, I wouldn't say they were good, but I would say they're enjoyable. 
<laughs> it's, there's dude david lynch things i feel like when i'm watching him i'm like i'm not having fun watching this but i'm not gonna stop yeah like yo fuck audrey horn's son <laughs> yeah fuck him that was when i was like yo i've never been more uncomfortable in my life but i'm not gonna stop watching this <laughs> I feel like I, I'm with you. I feel like every Lynch film, television episode, anything that he really puts together, it's meant to make you feel uneasy while you're watching it. That's what you exactly. Yeah. Like you don't watch a David Lynch film to feel happy about yourself afterwards. Mm. Yeah. So, or like happy while you're watching it. You don't watch it expecting to have a fun time yeah no but so we get what we sign up for <laughs> exactly but at least, i mean the closest thing that i would think that diverts from that is his dune movie but even then like there are moments but Dune's just, yeah yeah like but it, he does like sometimes he'll hit some zingers especially in oh. season three i'm just like god damn david lynch is funny <laughs> <laughs> oh his sense of humor is like so good honestly it's so strange it's demented but it's <laughs> but sometimes they'll get you i'm just like what the fuck's wrong with you oh I, now I, I really want to go back and watch twin peaks thank you for that no of course of course like honestly i'm i'm probably gonna fire up our walk with me later today as well just because like it's oh, i already yes. was gonna want i i was already planning on watching it at some point just because Same spooky season. I'm ready. but like also yeah i need to watch it again yeah oh man well ziggy this has been a blast thank you so much for for coming on the show let everybody know where they can find you online yeah i am everywhere at um at ziggy heim um instagram twitter please don't find me on facebook i will not respond to you i do not look at my facebook just leave me alone there um I have my Linktree links attached to my Twitter. Um, and you can see me soon. Hopefully. Yeah. Definitely hopefully. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Ziggy. Yeah, thank you so much. My thanks once again to Ziggy for taking the time and coming on the show and, and chopping it up a little bit. Um, I am all all the way in on Ziggy and Bill Alfonso and AIW. I want a recreation of those uh, five minutes of hell from the ECW days with Beulah and, and, and Fonzie there. Also, I did go watch Firewalk with me again after our conversation. And yes, I still love that movie. Um, still do. <laughs> Anyway, um, that's going to do it for us here this week. Uh, make sure to stay tuned to Outsports. We had a um, a big, big study that we've had in the works for a while now come out all about um, coming out experiences and, and how teammates responded to those for high school and college level athletes that we published the findings and they are overwhelmingly positive. Um, and it's, it, it was a, whenever I got a chance to look through the, the stats and the analysis for it before we published it, it was just, um, jaw dropping to see the shift now, 
um, in sports. Because like, we see it a lot on this show in terms of the pro wrestling uh, community and the pro wrestling industry, but it's really spreading through athletics as a whole. Um, from the bot, from I guess the bottom up, because like youth up, youth up. There you go. Um, so yeah, the, we have a lot of stuff covering that on the site as well. A lot of wrestling stuff this week. I know. Um, we ha- I have a conversation with the people that enjoy wrestling uh, up on the going up on the site as well as I had the chance to sit down with Jamie Senegal again ahead of her. Uh, appearance on Impact Wrestling's Knockouts. Knockdown, uh, all-women show coming up this Saturday. Uh, so, yeah, a whole lot of stuff to dig into over there. So keep your eye out for it. Um, but with that being said, we will say goodbye for this week. We'll be back next Thursday with another awesome interview, another great edition of LGBT in the Ring. But until then, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, Get vaccinated, and I hope everyone has a wonderful National Coming Out Day, because we don't have another episode before it comes. Bye!